that is one of the biggest challenges that I saw working on a college campus was the anxiety that kids had around success because they were never allowed to fail at younger ages. Raising Confident Teens podcast, where we talk about life and leadership with teens and their parents. I'm your host, Rachel, and today we're releasing the second half of our interview with Esther Gonzalez-Freeman. We've also created a goal-setting worksheet for you guys that you can download for free. Just go to RaisingConfidentTeens.com goals. I've listened to this session several times, and there are so many good nuggets in here, so be sure to go back and listen to the first half that we released last week if you haven't already heard it. Esther has so much experience and wisdom on this topic, and she makes it easy to understand and fun. I could have talked to her for hours, but we eventually just had to stop. We were recording late, and we were having a good time talking before we even started recording, and we'd been talking for like an hour and a half, and Hudson was giving me those looks, you know, that your teenager gives you when you're spending too long talking to your friends, and they want to go. Um, He was tired. It was a school night. Uh, I just want to take a minute here and give props to my kids. Normally, one of them is sitting here with me, but since this is an already recorded podcast that was split, I'm adding in this intro. And I just wanted to say, you know, Hudson and Jenna take turns co-hosting with me, and they don't have to do it. They're not getting paid. And I feel like they've grown so much as communicators doing all of this stuff. I know that I have too. And if you listen to our earlier podcast, we were all really awkward. And sometimes we still have challenges, you know, don't drum your fingers on the table, don't move around too much in your chair, quit breathing into your microphone like Darth Vader. But they've learned a lot from the guests and from just doing this. It's kind of like we're talking about in this episode. Is the goal to have a perfect podcast with perfect hosts or is it to be real and relevant to you guys as we learn right along with you? And I appreciate you guys who have been patient with us all along this journey. Um, many of the times the subjects of these podcasts are things that we as a family with teenagers are facing. And we think if it's something we could use help with, other people probably could too. We don't have it all figured out. Uh, we're learning right along with you. And anyway, I know those kiddos of mine won't be around for too many more years. So I'm enjoying this time with them. And I appreciate all they give to this community, and I'm glad they're willing to hang out with mom and dad while we do this. So now on to the second half of our podcast on goal setting with educator and coach Esther Gonzalez-Freeman. So what do you do if you set a goal and you get behind and you're you're feeling behind and you're like, oh, I don't think I can I can catch up. That's where, you know, reassessing and and recalculating comes in, right? So we mentioned the GPS example. Right. You know, sometimes, I don't know, we use the Waze app a lot um, when we go on road trips. So Waze will recalculate for you every so often and we'll be like, we found another route that could take three minutes off of your time or traffic ahead, you know, be prepared for another 20 minute delay. you know, we need to kind of do the same thing for ourselves, right? Sometimes we do fall behind. Sometimes there's traffic in our life. Yeah. You know, things come up that are unexpected. No one expected COVID. Right. Right. 
no one expected this. No one expected, you know, all these shifts and changes that we've had to make. So being gentle with ourselves and having grace with ourselves is really important. Right. And, and assessing, are we behind because we did not follow through? And if so, why didn't we follow through? Like, what was the obstacle? Yeah. And, and it may not be a physical one. It may not be something as simple to identify. It may be something that you didn't even recognize in yourself. And that alone is a win when you start to, uh, you know, identify those things. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I mentioned I have anxiety disorder. I had a lot of, in high school, I literally, my sophomore year of high school, woke up one morning with a giant bald spot in the middle of my head. There's nothing more horrifying, I think, for a teenage girl to wake up with a chunk of her hair missing. Oh, wow. And I thought, oh, my gosh, like, I, what what happened? So we go to the doctor. I go through all these tests and stuff. And it turns out it was stress-induced. I didn't even realize I was bottling up that much stress in my body, that my body biologically responded to it. Mm. You know, sometimes those delays are wake-up calls. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all about the perspective in which, you know, the lens through which we see them. Right. What I was thinking about was, you know, a lot of people make all these, I don't know that I would call them goals, maybe they're resolutions. Like, you know, they say the gym is is the busiest week of the year is January, the first week. And then after that, nobody comes. But they so, still have the memberships. So I guess, you know, I think I think part of that is also you need to examine what your why is are you doing this for you or are you doing yeah. this because you think someone else wants you to do it well and, and that's the piece of you know when i mentioned earlier the voices in our head right i mentioned you know on the trip there's so many of us we're kind of all yeah it, there's sometimes it's you know is it me is it my mom is it my dad is it my teacher is it what society says is it what tiktok told me did i see this on the gram like <laughs> where did this come from yeah yeah it's just what people do. They go to the gym January 1st. Or is it really what you want to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I have that conversation a lot with, with you know, I have um, I lead uh, a ministry group, a high school group. And, you know, and I have ninth grade girls in, in my group. And we have a lot of these conversations around, you know, the why am I doing something? Or why do I want something? You know, if I have a goal because I want a particular you know, pair of shoes. Well, what's so great about those shoes? What is it that you want from them? Is it because they're comfortable, durable, amazing shoes or are they a status symbol? Right. Like what's the real goal? Is the goal the the physical shoe or the status you believe the shoe will get you? Hmm. Yeah. So what is a good number of goals you can set? Like at one time? Ah, whatever you can manage. <laughs> um... You know, I generally recommend when I work with students in particular to set the, to set three, to have like one larger goal, maybe two larger goals and three smaller ones tops and in different areas. Right. So maybe one could be an academic goal. One could be a co-curricular goal and one could be something personal that's just kind of for them. Right. But thinking about they don't have to be a big thing. I think a lot of times we make such a big deal out of goals that they it, then we're like, ah, oh, that's just way too much. I'm not putting that much effort into that. So I wouldn't go beyond like three short term, two long term goals like ever um, for myself, even in business. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> 
because then I'm dividing myself up into too many parts, right? And then I'm not going to necessarily do well in any of my areas if I have too much. What is, what do you mean by short term? Like three months or is that too long? I think 90 days at three months is a good, you know, within 90 days. So maybe it's two weeks, maybe it's the full 90 days. Um, and for, for long term, I, I like to do a year to five years, but I think in teen life, five years feels like 30 years. So, yeah. <laughs> so nine months to a year is a good long term because that's like an academic year, right? Like, right. You know, I start school, at least here in Georgia, we start school in August and we're done in May. So like, you know, that kind of time span feels like a good time, you know, to, to think of long term. Um, five years is, you know, like I said, for, for a teenager feels like, I mean, right now for me as an adult, y'all, five months feels like an eternity. Like in this, in this COVID life, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, let me see where I am. I'm at on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are some things we can do to help our goals be more successful? Um, write them down. <laughs> it sounds really crazy. Yes. Write them down and put them somewhere you can see them. I, I, oh, and let me tell you, I'm very visual. So I am obsessed with vision boards. Yeah. We're doing a whole podcast on that coming up. Oh my gosh. Vision boards are my jam. I can't even tell you when I introduce students to vision boards, the first time they kind of think I'm a little nutso, but then after a while they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm still like, I'll meet students that I had 10, 15 years ago who are like, I still do vision boards because of you. Like I still do that because there's something so powerful about seeing it, like seeing what I want the end result to at least signify some, you know, it could be symbolic, right? It doesn't have to be the exact thing. Um, but, you know, having it written down somewhere where you can see it. I actually use a couple different things. I will have a vision board. I have put things like post-it notes on my bathroom mirror, the um, my wallpaper on my phone, um, the wallpaper on my computer or my tablet. Um, I sometimes have kind of picked songs that remind me of my goals that maybe that's what I get ready to in the morning or listen to in the car. Um, so I find different ways of reminding myself of those goals. Yeah, that's good. Because, you know, it helps me stay focused on making decisions that are going to benefit me benefit you know that idea of what i want now versus what i want most right yeah if what i want now is a detriment to what i want most and i'm constantly reminded about what i want most then i'm going to make a different decision right now yeah and having that constant reminder is so helpful and i mentioned friends before you know i have an amazing group of friends my daughters have an amazing group of friends and they share their goals with each other and not just for like, hey, you know, mom, put down the sweet tea, <laughs> but also for the like, you know what, girl, I noticed you drank extra water today. Good for you. That's good. You know, like sometimes it's that, you know, if my friend doesn't know that it's my goal to cut sugar, then they don't know to only dessert socials. Yeah. Like, don't invite me to dessert socials. <laughs> I'm trying to cut back on sugar, you know, invite me for a walk. 
you know, because then they know then they can support you and vice versa. You can support them. Like if you know that one of your friends really wants to get a better grade in, in a, on a math test they have on Monday, then maybe invite them over to hang out. But maybe part of your hangout is like, bring your notes. I'm a quizzy when you come over. Yeah. I, I was talking to somebody the other day about, you know, when we were digging out of debt, we would listen to Dave Ramsey on Friday when people would scream, I'm debt free. Yep. Just so we could get pumped up and like other people are doing this. <laughs> You know, it, 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 we need people to, that'll tell us, I've been there and I've done that and you can do it. Yeah. You need to visualize yourself in that space. Yes. And kind of see yourself in it. And that's what I love about vision boards. You know, there's there's been so many studies done on the power of visualization for people. Yeah. And, you know, in athletics, it's been done. Where people, you know, you take, you know, athletes and you have them just sit there and visualize themselves making shot after shot. And it is often, you know, the research will show that they do better than if they had actually stood there at the free throw line taking those shots and practice over and over and over again. There's 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 power in that and your body responds to it. Right. I feel like that's how, you know, when, you know, I I believe, you know, we're divinely created and that's just part of of our makeup. It's just kind of in our DNA. Um, so taking advantage of the fact that we know that visualization is powerful. And like you said, hearing people say we did it and then hearing people say I was in your shoes and I got this those days that you're like, oh, my gosh, I just want to break down and like go spend this extra money on this thing. I really want versus putting it towards my debt. Um, I'm not. No, no, no. They said they did it. I, I can do this, too. I'm going to take a step back and we're eating dinner at home. We're not going out. You're right. It's ramen noodles there tonight. There are lots of amazing ways to make ramen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so as parents, what should we be doing to help our teens be more successful? I, You know, one, one thing I can think of is we got to make sure that it's their goals and not our goals. Because sometimes we want them to do stuff that they necessarily might not yeah, want to and do. Yeah, if it's not theirs, then theirs going to... I, you know, I work... I used to teach a course uh, called... Um, Uh, living like life entrepreneurship and it was essentially applying uh, concepts of entrepreneurship but to your life right so if I'm the CEO of Esther Gonzalez Freeman Incorporated and I'm making decisions you know I how do I make them and one of the things that I would often talk to this was for college sophomores and a lot of business students would take it Partly because I think they were confused with the entrepreneurship title, um, but it would always work itself out because what I would often hear from students is, well, I'm majoring in accounting because this is what my dad told me to do. Yeah. But my real passion is fill in the blank. And those same parents would be the ones that would call me and say, my child just has no motivation. And well, part of that was because the direction they're going into is not theirs. Yeah. It's a direction that someone gave them or was chosen for them or put upon them. Or they thought they would make money. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I get that. I That was my, my <laughs> I want to do this because it'll make me money. And I'm like, well, I don't do that and I make money. So what does that say about me? Uh, <laughs> Or I want to help people. Well, I yeah, bet yeah. I promise you, you can help people without having to 
to do a particular career, um, especially if, you know, it's not really a where you want to be or even where your gifts and talents are. Right. Um, so, you know, so as parents, you know, sometimes we have to mourn the dream that we had for our child because we had a specific vision that we wanted them to fill in um, and take a step back and remind ourselves that, you know, they this is kind of, you know, I, I mentioned this, you know, to a lot of folks and it, it sometimes rubs people the wrong way, but I'm like, it's their life in the end, right? We're, we're supporting them as, as parents now. We're teaching them so that when they're all out, out on their own and we're not available to them, that they're fully functioning, healthy adults, right? Like that's the goal eventually. Yeah. You know, for some folks, it happens faster than others. Um, so how can we do that if we're kind of forcing our stuff on them? <laughs> Um, and not giving them the space, space to make some of those choices. And I don't mean like free for all either, because, you know, sometimes we that's our job is to guide folks. Right. So it's kind of having that me happy median right between guiding and telling or forcing upon, um, you know, my I mentioned Ava wanting it being so strong in the visual arts. Like I have no doubt that art school is in her future. Um, and I know lots of parents who would cringe at the thought of their child wanting to go to art school um, because there's no money in it or there's no prestige in it or it's too, ex fill in the blank, the whatever it is. Um, but I had to sit back, you know, my husband and I said, this is her gift. Yeah. You know, so how can we encourage her to develop the skill sets that she'll need right. so she does make a living off her gift? Yeah. So I'm not taking it away from her. How can we add to it? Um, and, part, and and here's a way we can add to it. Let's teach her about goal setting, right? Here's a perfect example that like, let's, let's build the skill set. Those, you know, those skills that a lot of times people will call quote unquote soft skills um, that are really just life skills uh, that students need. Yeah. And, you know, so it's not just not imposing our own stuff on them, but modeling for them, supporting them, encouraging them letting them fail that's a hard one you know a lot of times as parents we could see the fall coming from a mile away and we want to run to catch them yeah but if the failure is not going to be super detrimental let them fall that is one of the biggest challenges that i saw working on a college campus was the anxiety that kids had around success because they were never allowed to fail at younger ages Yes. Failure is such a good teacher. I, I feel like I learned more from my failures than I ever did from my successes. And once I learned it wasn't going to kill me, yeah. you know, it became more fun to fail. And you start to learn what type of failure is detrimental and what type of failure, you know, you're going to come back from and then which one to try to avoid. Right. Um, I found right, out of college. Right. I mean, that that's in my bio. And I always tell people that I was a straight A student in high school, all honors and AP classes. I had a full academic scholarship to college and I flunked out my freshman year of college. I lost my scholarship. I had to come home. I had to face my parents and let them know that I had failed miserably. And my parents were upset. We lost, you know, a lot of money. I had to take out student loans that I'm still 
will probably hopefully not be paying off till I'm 100, but it feels that way. Um, that was a very expensive failure mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. However, it also inspired my career. Yeah. Without that failure, I wouldn't be who I am and where I am right now. So for me, it turned into what did you do with it? Um, I could have sat back and said, oh, my God, I failed out of college. I'm never going to go back. I'm not worth anything. I'm not smart enough. And I could have done that whole thing. Um, but, you know, what my mom and dad said to me is, OK, well, you flunked out. Now what are you going to do about it? Right. And if you hadn't have failed, I mean, you've helped so many other kids mm-hmm. avoid failure. What have, what would have all those kids have done without Esther there I, to help them? Through I think that, you know right? I have students who who you know folks who are my students who say that to me even to this day. Like I've gone to their weddings and stuff, and I you know I had one student who first semester freshman year was just struggling, and I'm like, kid, you're on a full scholarship here. What is going on? And we sat down and had a conversation. There were some other things we had to work through. We did some goal setting. We did some accountability. Um, and this young man graduated with an undergraduate degree and then went on to finish graduate, went on to do graduate school at Harvard. And, you know, the day he got accepted into Harvard, I mean, we all cried, but he's like, I just went back to that moment freshman year when we sat down and had this conversation. Yeah. And I could have never been able to have that conversation without that failure. But I would not have come back from that failure had it not been for my parents to say, we're not going to clean up the mess for you, but we're going to support you in the cleanup. Right. We're going to support you in setting those goals. What's next? What do you want? Do you want to go get a job? Do you want to go to community college? Do you want to apply to another school? Like, what do you want? You know, what's the end going to look like for you? Yeah. And I had to, you know, put on, you know, a brave face, take a deep breath and answer and think about that and answer that question. And then they said, okay, so now how can we help you? How can we support that? And that was a game changer. Yeah, that was good. That was such a good response. It's so easy as parents, when our kids fail to feel like we're failing and, you know, and, and to feel like we have to fix it. Yeah, and sometimes we might have to. Like, there may be some failures that that we need yeah, to come in and, and do yeah. a little bit more work than we would want to. Um, but in the end, you know, I like I, I, I say this to my I work on a lot of, you know, I'm on the PTSA at the middle school and at the high school, so I meet parents all the time. And we're all doing the best that we can with what we've got. And we have to stop comparing ourselves to the mythological creature of the perfect parent that's out there. We need a a new system of measurement. You know, we joke in our house that our kids are still alive and and well-fed and, you know, pretty functional human beings. So I call that winning, right? My kids are kind and considerate and generous human beings. And they try their hardest, and that's all I ever ask of them. And for us, that's how we measure our success. In the beginning, I didn't do that. In the beginning, I tried to use the Pinterest model mom. You know, everything was perfect and had to be a certain way. Uh And then, but then that's what I was teaching my kids. Yeah. 
And I didn't want that to be the lesson. So I had to, you know, have a, a come to Jesus and say, okay, like, this is not it. Like this, this parent, this mythical creature only exists on the internet because they have a team of people working with them. And I think, you know, that puts so much pressure on parents. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. And it's like, there oh my gosh, no if, if my kid can't achieve, then what the, you know, I, you know, college, um, you know, right now we're in entering the season of ex- college acceptances. And, you know, I, I see so many families, so many kids that have applied to schools that they're not even interested in. They are, they're, and schools are, will not be successful at, not because they're not smart enough, but it's not the right fit for them. But this is the report card a lot of parents use to say, okay, I did my job. My kid got into XYZ school, XYZ mm. program, and it's kind of toxic. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you've lived your college experience. Let your kids live their own. <laughs> yeah, look, I, you know, and it's, and it's, and I lived my college experience. I mean, I'm, I went to college in the mid nineties, graduated and never left because I just stayed working on college <laughs> campuses. So I think 2018, okay. So, so since the mid nineties to 2018, every year I worked a college move in. Huh. I had literally moved kids into college for that long. Myself, I started off with myself my first year. And then whether it was through orientation or working in admissions when I was a student and then as an adult working on college campuses. So I have seen, you know, college worked with college students and seen that transition in families for decades. And it sadly has gotten worse as over time, right? It's become like a bigger thing. Um, and it's so sad when I'm, you know, moving in a student to, into their residence hall and I'm hoping that they're so excited to be here and they're like, I didn't pick the school. Oh, that's sad. You know, I don't want to be here. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to see this student in my office soon enough. You know, they're going to be in here coming in for academic advising because they're not doing well academically, not because they can't handle the work. But because this wasn't the right fit, because once again, kind of going back, the goal wasn't theirs in the first place. Right. Yeah. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Is there anything else you would, you want to add? The more fun you make goal setting, the more excited you'll be about doing it and sticking with it. Um, reward yourself along the way. Yes. I love rewards. <laughs> I do. I lo- look, I, there's a reason why I literally, I give stickers to adults and they get excited. Like, oh my gosh, scratch and sniff and puffy stickers. Forget about it. Like you would be like, <laughs> why is this person so excited about a sticker? It's a reward. It's exciting. It doesn't have to even be big. <laughs> It could be as simple as, you know, I'm going to reward myself with, you know, what fill in the blank. Maybe it's I'm going to get to watch a movie I've been dying to watch or I'm going to do game night with a particular friend or I saved up enough money that now I can afford the item I wanted or, you know, you you pick. I'm going to cook dinner with people or I'm going to go camping or hiking or whatever that reward system looks like for you. 
I, you know, I, I always encourage my girls. I'm like, okay, so at the end of this, like, you know, there's the achieving of whatever you wanted to do. So that's a reward within itself. But what other thing are you going to do to celebrate? You know, what, what are we going to do? Or do you want to yeah. buy balloons? Do you want to go, I, you know, go get ice cream or go for a walk or, you know, when they brought their, when they bring their report cards home, we always do, um, like a little something. Um, and my, my younger one, it was always a Barbie doll. She wanted something Barbie. That was her reward for her good report card. Something Barbie related. Um, and, and now, you know, our family, um, we do a lot more experiences. Like that's our thing rather than buying items. Um, so we'll go do stuff. Right. So now it's, what do you guys want to go do? Oh, we want to like bring some friends and go to the park or bake cookies at our house or do a game night or, you know, go to the trampoline place or, you know, whatever it is. And so great. If that's the reward that you want, then let's work towards that. Yeah, that's good. So make it fun. You'll be more likely to uh, keep setting goals if you do that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. For me as an adult, you know, my rewards are like a manicure (laughs) or I go off and get, you know, acupressure foot massages or, um, right now, you know, just having some time to myself, you know, as a busy mom, you know, working a job and managing schedules and me said, my daughter has a business and all these different things going on. Sometimes it's just like, I get an hour to go do something by myself. Even if it's just me walking around the aisles of target. Yeah. Who knew that would be such a big goal for us. (laughs) It sounds, look, I'm going to tell you one day, one, one year, maybe like two years ago, my reward for something was a particular attachment that I wanted for my vacuum cleaner. Woo-hoo. And I was like, okay, 16 year old me would be so ashamed of me right now. <laughs> yeah, Hudson's laughing at you. He's like, man, <laughs> I'm laughing with you, not at you. <laughs> but you know, Hudson, like, I'm sure like, there's like, I don't know, like what activities you're into. Airsoft. But if there's like something that you like that you're like, oh, I can get like, you know, I don't know. Like I have a, a my daughter's friend's a drummer. So, like, there's sometimes where he wants little things for his drum kit. Yeah. You know, so to me, my little vacuum cleaner attachment was the equivalent of that, you know, in, you know, 40-year-old woman. <laughs> As opposed to 14-year-old boy. Yeah. Your, your priorities change. Yeah, they do. Vacuum cleaning all of a sudden becomes a thing that you enjoy. <laughs> yeah. And, and going to the store by yourself. Yeah. Yeah, date night. My husband and I do grocery store date nights. Like, we don't know what it is, but every date, like, we might we might go somewhere to eat, but we either end up at Home Depot or Walmart or something like, something boring, because oh. we have to go get something. Like, what's up it with is, that? It is, you know, I have one of my dear friends here, um, we were joking, so for Christmas, we bought her and her husband a gift certificate to go to this place here in Atlanta where it's like an indoor mini golf place uh-huh. but it also has like a restaurant and after a certain hour it's only 21 and over so it's just adults and they were and they were so funny they were like oh my gosh this is so great this will definitely beat you know our longhorn home depot dates <laughs> <laughs> yeah we need to work on it's that all, that's a goal it's all of us if- home depot and lowe's when we're feeling fancy yeah <laughs> improve our date nights that's our goal for the year <laughs> All right. So where can people find you? So you can find me on Instagram under my balanced plate. 
Um, my website is currently down, but will be coming back soon. Um, I've taken one of my goals was to spend a lot more time with my daughters and getting them adjusted to high school and middle school. So I decided to shut down almost all of my internet presence and really just focus on my family. Um, my daughter's business, Free Woman Designs, we're also, I also help run her Instagram account um, because she's 14 and adults should probably help with those. Um, so you can find us there. Uh, if you ever want to chat, send me a DM. So thank you so much for coming on. You guys, she came out of her isolation just to chat with us. Um, this, you know, it's funny. My husband said it has been a very long time since you've done like a podcast or speaking or anything. I'm like, yeah, it's been almost two years. Um, yeah. But I couldn't say no. I was so excited to work with you. We, we joked earlier before um, how we feel like we've known each other for so long. Um, and it's just been, I feel like my virtual friends are some of my closest friends. And it's like, we, this is the first time I've ever heard your voice really, other than on a video, <laughs> you know, talking on a video. So it's crazy. It's like, we know each other, but we don't know each other. That's the beauty of technology. If you like our show, please share it with a friend and don't forget to rate and review us. That would mean a lot to us. Yes. The last review that's showing up, someone left, um, it was obviously not about us. It was a five-star review, so we're happy about that. But it's about someone else. So I would love it if someone would go on there and add one that is not the last one that's showing up. It bothers my perfectionistic soul. So please help me out here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those of you in the middle of winter, stay warm. Our Australian listeners, don't get sunburned. Have a great week.